You're at the Over or Under Show. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. And man, it's a crazy world we live in. It has no shortages of rabbit holes. I'm not scared of rabbit holes. If you're not scared of rabbit holes, this show is for you. Let's see if we can jump in one and make our way back to the top. Welcome to Over and Under. I'm your host, Ed Henderson, and thank you for joining me this April of 15th, 2022. Also, good Friday. And this is a day that Christians observe the day of crucifixion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'd be remiss if I did not take this opportunity to at least share with you what it has meant to me to have such a wonderful, good Savior. Yes, He is a good, good Father. We have a good God, and He's the only thing that has ever brought any peace in this broken world. He's the only thing that has ever brought me any comfort during times of trouble. And just to know the suffering that He went through to bring reconciliation between man and God and secure our salvation, I just I can't even express the appreciation and the love that I have for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, I'm not going to beat you over the head because nowhere in Scripture can I find where Jesus Christ forced anybody to follow him. He simply asked. He made the offer. He set the example. He showed us who he was. He showed us where he was going, and he went to prepare a place for you and I. So, If uh, the Holy Spirit has been working on your heart and you felt that call, I want you to encourage you to step up and take that offer, that invitation from Jesus Christ. And if you have not given any thought, I would ask that you give some serious thought. With that, I will segue into where are we in a nation that no longer recognizes God? At one time, this was a very godly country. It was known as a Christian nation, and there's nothing Christian about this nation whatsoever. There's some remnants on our buildings. We have uh, no shortages of Bibles, and yes, there's still many practicing Christians, but as a nation, we have abandoned all the tenets of Christianity, and I kind of get I kind of understand why why that happened, but getting it out of our schools, getting it out of our public square, how has that worked out for you? Do you not think there's a correlation that the less godly we become, the more we deal with such things as murder, theft, abortion? I mean, the the list goes on. I, I don't know. It just does not look like a very good place to be, a place without Jesus. So... I don't think America is going to turn back unless it gets hit with a nuclear bomb or something. It's it's amazing how many people call out to God. I remember 9-11. It was not in vogue to invoke the name of God prior to 9-11. But my God, the people that fell on their knees and looked to God asking why, asking for help, asking for protection, asking for some type of understanding to make sense of this mayhem. Well, all I can tell you is that man is man. He has free will. But again, I'll just ask you, in the year 2022, sitting down looking at world news, how does it look to you? It looks very disorganized to me. It looks like what they talk about in the Bible when God passes man over into judgment, when he gives him to his own understanding. It's incredible to think. I used to always think, well, how bad could that be? God just turns it all over to you. You get to... uh, do your life the way you want to run your affairs the way that you want to and now I think I understand I see the chaos I see the the confusion I see people grabbing hold of a lie 
there are people would, that would much rather hold on to a lie than they would ever want to imagine the truth. The truth could be like a big elephant standing on top of their chest and they would deny that there was a big elephant sitting on their chest. So I don't know what's in store for the United States, but it doesn't look good to me. You know, incredibly, when I was going to school in South Florida, end of 69, beginning of 70, it's, it's amazing that we used to pray in school. We used to stand up. We used to salute the flag, say a prayer to God. It wasn't unusual for an elementary school teacher to read you a Bible story. Miss Clark, thank you so much for those wonderful lessons that you instilled in me. Departed at some point from them, but I never forgot them. And it was an incredible influence, not only to see that my parents were a believer, but to see a uh, godly woman as yourself take the time to share those wonderful stories. I really do appreciate it. So as you know, prior to 1970, prayer was taken out of school. The only thing I can tell you, I guess they kind of went through a transition period because we were such a godly country and I guess they just didn't take the iron fist down. It was it would be several, several years. You even see it being fought today when you see a coach at a high school take a knee with his team and say a prayer. It doesn't look like anybody was being forced to, but there's always some outside group that wants to make an issue of it. But I think that's what was going on during my school. We were seeing a transition of moving God out and moving the understanding and the secularism of man into the schools. Like I said, I understand the arguments. I've heard them, and unfortunately, they're, they're solid. They're solid arguments like, uh, well, Ed, how would you feel if somebody was indoctrinating your kid into the Muslim faith? No knock against Muslims, but I'm a Christian, and I, and I would prefer to be able to uh, raise my children in the faith uh, that I have chosen to raise them in. So it's not like I don't get the argument, but I'll ask you, how does it look now that we have moved God out of the classroom? There was nobody getting up and attacking teachers when I went to school. They had an incredible amount of authority, and it was respected. It was respected by me. It was respected by my parents, and they had the full backing of the principal. There was no misunderstanding about who was in charge and who was running the schools. Today, the kids pretty much run the schools. When I went to school, there were no police officers that were walking amongst you. And if a cop did show up to the uh, school, it was a bad deal for somebody, a very bad deal. And shoot, the cops get attacked in schools now. When I went to school, I don't remember, maybe maybe it was junior high sometimes in a health class, somebody started even talking about male and female, penis and vagina, how that all goes down. Uh, I, I, I just can't understand in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, anybody would want their child to be taught that it goes right back to the religion you know if we're going to have the respect of the different face or the lack thereof then why would you not allow the parents to raise their children the way that they see fit it's really author authoritarian totalitarianism whether it's fascism or communism to try to separate the child from their parents in such a way that you can put what you want them to be programmed with. It's a very scary thing. If you look at any fascist, any communist regime, they try to get that child away from the parents at the earliest age they can, 
kindergarten is a German word. The guy who invented kindergarten knew that the minds were the most malleable. I don't know if that guy had any ill intent, but it was not lost on people such as Hitler, who could not get them quick enough. The word kindergarten literally means garden of children. So I don't know in a, in a world that or in a country that prides itself on individualism and free thinking, free speech, which there ain't no free speech no more. There's a certain kind of speech. There's the speech from the state, which is the speech of the woke, uh, the, the speech of the confused. But how does it look that we don't, we've gotten God out of our, our lives, out of our schools? You know, you go back through some of the darkest parts of our history concerning things like slavery, you'll never find a time where so many blacks were killed, whether it's on the streets of the United States or in an abortion in a doctor's office. You know, as an American, I, I guess I'm going to leave it right there because I am respectful of our Constitution. I am respectful of the individual rights. I do fully appreciate parents and their rights to uh, raise their children and, and instill upon them those values that they would want put in them. And it's scary to think that you would have a centralized government that thinks they have all the answers for the kids. If they have all the answers for all the children, why are we seeing so many uh, teenage pregnancies? Why are we seeing so many kids dropping out of school? Why do we see so many teenage suicides? And they don't they don't even know how to conduct their own affairs and they want to conduct your affairs so I'll, I'll just leave that there and yeah I kind of got off topic it's uh, good Friday thank God that Jesus did come to this earth thank God that he did sacrifice his life so that we could have life evermore and there is something better here folks and I just would uh, like to invite you invite you to get to know the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and to have a relationship with Him. So for those that are observing Good Friday and Easter, I do wish you and your family a good one. Um, here's something interesting. We're going to change channels real quick. I didn't mention it before. If this is the first time you've ever listened to my podcast, this is just Friday ramblings. I don't put a whole lot of thought in. I might open up a couple of news articles and read them, share some thoughts on them. Right now what's on my mind is all the shootings that are going on in the United States. And I see where Mayor New York Mayor Eric Adams has called out bank loads of money, also known as Black Lives Matter, a.k.a. BLM. You know, he's asking after a horrendous couple of days of people being shot and killed. And of course, that would include the uh, shooting on the subway. In the last few days, police have recorded quite a few shootings, six uh, late Tuesday night and early Wednesday morning. A uh, 23-year-old woman was killed, two men aged 21 and 22. And, of course, you had like 30 people injured in the, in the mass shooting. And so Eric Adams is asking a question that uh, I've been asking for a long time, ever since they popped on the scene. What, where's BLM? Where's all, who's all the names of the any day where 26 blacks are shot and killed? Not, that's not even counting those ones that are very seriously injured. They seem to just have a certain kind of uh, black life that mattered. It's, it, they tend to matter more if they are transsexual, if they do not observe the nuclear family. That black life is uh, very valuable to a uh, bankload of money. 
bankload of money got their hands full right now because they're trying to give an accounting of $60 million. Uh, evidently, the leaders didn't see fit to think they have to give such an accounting or pay taxes on it. I guess they thought that uh, they would just take that money and, I don't know, buy several several homes and buy mansions, buy expensive cars. They said they were Marxist trained. I think they were trained by a televangelist myself. Do you know what $60 million could have done in a lot of these communities? You know, they are the biggest frauds. They are the biggest fakes. And I'm sure they're going to find some way to try to spend this whole tax evasion and unaccountability for those millions of dollars into some type of white supremacy plot. There has been, unfortunately, another shooting. I think it was somewhere in Michigan. Hold on, let me let me pull up an article. Yeah, here, yeah, here we go. Um, a, a man by the name of Patrick Lioya, young black male, pulled over by a white officer. He had the wrong tags on his car. That's what the police officer clearly states as Mr. Lioya exits the car, which is a, a mistake right off the bat. The officer's asking him to get back in his car. He didn't get back in his car. For whatever reason, the officer continues with him standing outside of the car, and he asks for a driver's license. He's asked a couple of times, what I do wrong? He says, your tag doesn't match your car. He, like I said, asked for the driver's license. He looks like he's looking around the car, and he's talking to somebody else in the vehicle. I don't think he's got a driver's license. And then he just gets this look on his eye. He shuts the door of the car, and then he runs. The officer goes after him. They go to the ground. They start struggling. Uh, Mr. Laoya grabs the stun gun. The officer tells him several times to let go of the gun. They And at some point in time, he's wrestling. Uh, Mr. Laoya is bucking, is fighting him. I don't know if he's just trying to fight to get away, but the officer at some point in time gets his gun out and he shoots Mr. Laoya in the uh, in the head and killing him. So the typical race mongers are now descending on Grand Rapids, Michigan. Haven't heard where BLM is in all this yet. Like I said, they're pretty busy trying to account for $60 million. You know, everybody's talking about the $60 million that people, I'm going to say, gave willingly to them. Uh, but nobody ever mentions the cities, the towns. Nobody ever mentions the five officers that were killed in Dallas after BLM incited. I would say they incited this action. So, I don't know. The, the, the founders of Black Lives Matter are living large right now. So, it'll be interesting to see what they're involvement with this is going to like I said they're under a lot of scrutiny right now under federal investigations and the IRS if they were not man this is this is a this is a cash cow for BLM bank bank loads of money should I say yeah this is a this is a cash cow for bank loads of money they seem to be a little uh, little slow to respond and organize now I'm gonna simply ask this it's very American to at least wait to see if you have something to protest. There has not been anything in front of a grand jury. Nobody has been charged. I, I don't know how this is going to play out. I can tell you this. When you get pulled over, whether you're black or white, stay in your car. Do what the officer asks you to do. It is not a good thing to flee the scene. It is not a good idea to wrestle with a police officer. Mr. Lioya at any time 
could have simply done what he was asked to be done and he would be alive today. So I'm going to leave this up to the authorities. I think here recently, based on like the uh, one in Georgia where the jogger was shot and killed, I think that was an all-white jury that found him guilty. But if it if it's ever you that's on trial, you really would not want to think that your freedom or your innocence or your guilt was going to be based on somebody coming in and burning the city to the ground. I really, I really do not know what the answer is to these needless deaths. There's no reason to be killed during a traffic stop. I will say that. But I'm also going to tell you this. I mean, there's there's a lot of contributory negligence on these people that do end up dead, both black and white. I did a, uh, I did an episode on police shootings, and more white people are shot than blacks. I don't know how many are killed at traffic stops, but I do not care what your color is. There is no reason for you to die at a traffic stop. I must say, Mr. Laoya did probably everything that you shouldn't do at a traffic stop. I don't know if uh, it was a stolen car. I don't know if he just snatched a tag off of somebody else's car, and that that's that's why he ran. Was there some type of substance in the car? I don't know. I, I just can tell you, it's just not worth your life. Keep your hands where they can see them. Do what they ask you to do. And better yet, make sure you have proper tags and insurance and make sure your, your car is registered. But for a young male, a young person, any person, to be killed at a traffic stop, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. I don't know. It might just have to come to the point to where you're going to have to pass legislation so the police officer will not feel that is some type of responsibility of his to apprehend somebody fleeing from a scene. Maybe you're just going to have to say traffic stop. If they pull out and they get out of the car and they leave the scene, you let them go. You let them go. But it's people in that community that are probably going to be pissed if their car is totaled out only to find out that it was unregistered and the guy has no insurance. But maybe that's maybe that's would be the answer is just to take all the responsibility off law enforcement of uh, pushing traffic violations or things such as not having proper tags. And I mean, that sounds silly, but man, if we cannot get it across to people to uh, act appropriately, I mean, that's the talk I got from my parents, you know. Make sure you have your driver's license and registration ready to go out. Keep your hands where the police officer can see them. They never told me, jump out of the car and uh, flee the scene. And if uh, you're not fast enough to get away from the cop, we'll make sure you grab his stun gun. Make sure you can get the stun gun away from them. And, you know, you're asking a lot of the police officer to try to figure out just what's going to happen. Because any time that a cop gets entangled with uh, a citizen, there is a gun involved. There's that gun that's on his hip. So just take a deep breath. Let, let Michigan uh, take care of it. Keep the family that has lost this young man in their life in your prayers. Keep that police officer in your prayers. That's got to be a horrible thing to know that you have taken a life of somebody. I don't think anybody takes any great pleasure in doing that. And on shootings and guns, uh, if I said the name Kyle Rittenhouse, that name would be recognized immediately. And uh, you would have some people, such as myself, that feels like the shootings were justified and he was found not guilty in a court of law. 
I will say this, he's very fortunate that people took uh, enough interest in what was going on that night to get some incredible tapes of the uh, shootings because in the absence of those cell phone videos, I think Mr. Rittenhouse goes to prison for life because you had more than enough people that wanted to push a false narrative and it would have been a lot of people against him and he's a young man uh, with a gun which a lot of people said was illegal that was a lie Uh, he was made out to be a white supremacist there's nothing in his background that would indicate that and incredibly it might surprise some of you that the three people he shot were all white yes that's right they were all white but somehow or another he's some type of white supremacist out to kill black people he shot three white people and it doesn't even matter what they called they he shot three people that were going out of their way to do bodily harm he's running from them he's trying to get away from them he just didn't shoot somebody start running and shooting other people they were trying to hurt him like I said, if I, if I mentioned that name, Kyle Rittenhouse, you would recognize that name. Now, how about if I said the name Daryl Brooks or Frank R. James? Frank James, not to be confused as the brother of Jesse. Now, you probably don't recognize those names. Mr. Brooks was in Waukesha, West, Wisconsin on October 21st, 2021. Mr. Brooks on Facebook, social media, was advocating for the violence against whites and Jews, mentioned taking cars and running them over. Well, on this day, he did, and he picked a Christmas parade where he injured several people and killed six. Incredibly, he's he's black, and uh, I don't hear anything about hate crimes. I don't hear anything about the federal government. I don't hear anything about... uh, I don't hear anything about our Attorney General Garland descending on... Wakasha, Wisconsin, to do a formal investigation, and and just the fact that uh, Donald Trump has taken off Facebook, and this kind of hatred and violence is spewed, and it's not nobody says he can't be on Facebook. Then you have Frank James, who was just now responsible for mass casualties at the the subway shooting in New York. He too had social media advocating violence against whites he carried it out i don't know that he killed anybody he injured several many and yet this is the crazy woke world that we live in today where we call things what they're not we call those things which are not into something that we reimagined love that love that that uh love that word to reimagined and it seems to have a lot of negativity tied to it well, I know that's not a lot, and it wasn't a whole lot of preparation. I apologize if I did waste your uh, your 20 minutes today, but I'm going to uh, call it right there because i got to get some grass cut, and uh, rain's supposed to come in tomorrow, and having a beautiful day here in the Carolinas. You know, I really do appreciate you listening to it. I, my, my friends in the U.K., I don't know who you are, but I see the listenership starting to Uh, grow and really do i I can't even start to tell you how much it uh thrills me to to look and see people listening in england scotland ireland australia i've got quite a listening audience in uh, puerto rico so again wishing all of y'all a happy good friday hope uh hope you have a good time with the uh, family for those that are 
mourning the loss of loved ones during this time. It's always much more difficult during the holidays. I pray that the comfort of the Holy Spirit will descend on you, that you will be comforted. Uh, try to get out there and let the, the sun hit you in the face and take, uh, take advantage of all the common graces that our good God gives us every day. All right, so I'm out like a scout. I bid you a fond adieu. Pray for blessings upon your house. If you liked what you heard today, um, hit the subscribe button. If you didn't like what you heard today, check out some of my other episodes. I think I'm up to 19, coming up on 20. Wow. Okay, you take care. Bye. Bye.